Would you like to reach our film and TV review podcast audience? Do you have a product or service of interest to film and TV home consumers or followers of the entertainment industry? Have a film or show production to publicize? For affordable price plans for all budgets, get in touch and find out about our introductory advertising options. Reach our audience of film and TV viewers and visit our site contact page at filmandtvreview.com, or you can email us at business at filmandtvreview.com. Reach out today. Welcome to filmandtvreview.com. Catch the latest film, TV and streamed show reviews every week. The views and opinions expressed by the authors and those providing comments are theirs alone. They do not reflect the views, opinions or position of film and tvreview.com or their respective parent companies or affiliates. Film and tvreview.com makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information in this program and is for entertainment purposes only. Episodes may contain adult humor and language. For full terms and conditions see filmandtvreview.com. Um, and welcome to another film and TV review uh, special. Today we're going to be diving into one of the most highly anticipated films of the entire year that has also been met with some mixed reactions. (laughs) Yes, of course, we are talking about none other than James Cameron's Avatar sequel, The Way of Water. Um, Like I said, we are going to be diving into some interesting thoughts, opinions, reactions to the film, but I think it's safe to say that this is, you know, one of the biggest franchises in the world, so there's a lot of interest surrounding it, and I can't wait to dive into everyone's opinions on the matter. But yes, without further ado, guys, let's get into it. I'm going to start off by talking about, like, the background surrounding Avatar and my personal thoughts going into the film and like my experience you know with this franchise um so first of all I hadn't seen Avatar um for the longest time I didn't watch it in the cinemas um I only watched it a couple of years back um on my laptop (laughs) um the way that James Cameron intended for it to be seen on my laptop um in the living room pausing it whenever I was bored you know just checking my phone that that is the prime way to watch the first avatar movie clearly um no obviously not um people had their first experiences in the cinemas uh you know in imax and 3d and i think it's safe to say that the biggest impression that avatar left uh, was with its visuals and you know the idea of pandora the world building surrounding pandora um and the these exotic blue characters that people were really fascinated by um and 
the legacy of Avatar is impressive because it ended up being the highest grossing film of all time. It was temporarily um, dethroned when Avengers Endgame came out in 2019 and that became the highest grossing film of all time. But then because of subsequent re-releases in cinemas, Avatar retook its place on the throne. And so here we are now with the sequel having been released um, on Friday the 16th of December. And we all have some thoughts about this uh, much, this long-awaited sequel that James Cameron has been working on. And yeah, am I going to start off with my opinion or shall I open it up? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so to start off with my opinion on the sequel, I would say that as someone who didn't watch the first film um, in cinemas, I think I was kind of overtaken by the visuals. That's the first thing that kind of um, stuck out to me because I've never, you know, seen this film on the big screen. And also this was the first um, actual film that I've watched in IMAX in general, because the first time I went to see an IMAX um, screening, it was at the Science Museum (laughs) for a school um, trip. And we watched a documentary about whales, funnily enough. Um, So seeing like my first like actual film in IMAX also colors my opinion on this film and I think like it made for a more spectacular experience um I've seen you know films in big screens but I usually go to view which technically doesn't have an IMAX screen um so yeah I was really impressed by the visuals I mean James Cameron has made it a point to wait for the technology to catch up with his imagination and I think that is a really important distinction especially in the landscape of films where you know um studio sets Um, release dates years in advance and it's up to the filmmakers to catch up on that release date they're not moving the release date they have carved out their space in the um, release date you know schedules for the year so that filmmaker needs to make sure (laughs) that they produce that film for that release date that has been set out Um, and that's caused a lot of issues for the um, special effects community for animators especially in the realm of marvel films where, you know, a lot of them have written open letters saying that the crunch times, the lack of clarification and clarity has just caused a real issue for their industry. But that's in complete contrast to someone like James Cameron, who knows exactly what he wants. This is a guy who has imagined Pandora since he was a teenager. Like there are actual sketches of that he drew of, you know, things that started to look like Pandora. So this is clearly a world that he has been very invested in and he has been waiting for the technology to catch up with his imagination, like I said. And that's reflected in the end result because ain't no one, ain't no one (laughs) creating a world like James Cameron um, has created with Pandora. So that's my first thing. All of that is to say, (laughs) whilst that's all very impressive, whilst I love the lush greens and the vibrant blues and, you know, all of that stuff. And then you have the added element of the sea this time around. So all of that stuff is great. The way of water, very, you know, interesting. Um, This story, this story is wild. The story is so simple it's so basic and not even in like, a, oh, it's simple, but done really, really well. No, it's just basic. <laughs> it's like, literally, like I, I made a joke to Richard um, earlier saying like he spent 10 minutes on the script and that's literally how it feels. It's like he spent 10 minutes on the script. 
and then went to the stuff that he really cares about, which is like the world building, the visuals, the technology. That's clearly the area that he's most passionate about. And it shows because this the script is very thin. The, the plot is very thin and not particularly interesting. It's essentially just a manhunt. That's it. Like when we leave off with the, the colonel, um, you know, he's died. And at the beginning of the film, he becomes an avatar himself and he inhabits the body of a, a Navi person. And so he's working with a new set of skills, as it were. And he goes on a manhunt for Jake Sully because he wants revenge. And for some reason, the whole US Army funds this. <laughs> That was one of my points, but yeah, exactly what I yeah, wanted to say. Yeah, yeah. For, some so reason, for some me, reason, me as well, me as well. Like that, that part is like cra- so crazy. It's wild. For some, for some reason, forget, forget the whole US Army. <laughs> we gotta find Jake Sully. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go, it's so Go find the guy. <laughs> yeah no I, I agree it's bizarre how like the general like is like oh yeah we set up this camp we've done so much since you died like a lot has happened in the last few years and we're focused on our mission now we have a whole new way of funding all of this with this special juice that reduces aging and yeah like, we've got everything <laughs> set up and then this guy comes along and is like yeah but I really want to kill Jake Sully and she's like you know what <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay let's do that no, you know what even though we have all of our, you know, stuff figured out, we're going to divert all of our attention to finding Jake Sully. And that's literally yeah. what happens. And it like yeah. ruins like yeah. the, and the plan, the plan. have. It ruins I, the, everything. Yeah. If I can ask, the plan actually of that regeneral is to say, now the earth is dying. So now we're not here to mine the planets, but we are here to occupy and yeah. actually to colonize. Yeah. What difference does it make <laughs> to have Jack Sully that's, or not? That's not the, that's not the not. mic drop. How, did it, help? Was. How yeah. did it help you in your colonization to kill Jack Sully? I don't get it. Yeah, yeah I mean, this that, guy who did no Terminator. Sense. I mean, if it was John Connor of Terminator, I yeah, understand. Exactly. But this is Jack Sully. <laughs> yeah, it's one man, one guy. One guy who was really good at his job when he was working for them, and they're afraid that obviously he's used that information to um, help out the other side. But first of all, He's already done that. It's been years, as they said. So he's probably taught them everything that he knew, he knew <laughs> from being a Marine. So they can, they can, you know, thrive without him. It was very bizarre. And also, they had already driven him out of his community. Like, his whole family is gone. So the threat that they thought he was is no longer there. Like, he's, yeah. he's off with the sea people no, now. It, it, What's yeah, the now it, it's just vendetta. It's just personal vendetta. That's all it is. Yeah, exactly. And the, and so the, the whole US Army funds this mission based <laughs> off of a personal vendetta of a man who is literally dead. And, and, the, and yeah, the, that, that personal <laughs> vendetta is also a thing that we could talk about because it's like a guy had knows and repeats throughout the movie that he's not really the other man that he has only his <laughs> exactly his, yeah. and, and he's also interesting on trying the other guy he's like i know that i'm not the, the man i just have the, the his memories but i still want to have him killed <laughs> Revenge. Oh, yeah. that's that's also fascinating because like he's he's basically like i know i have no skin in the game like <laughs> I, <laughs> this has nothing to do with me actually <laughs> But I figure, but still, you know, but still. yeah, well, why not? You know, if I'm not <laughs> this man on behalf of um, a man who's already died, 
it's very bizarre. Um, anyway, so so that's the basis of that yeah. entire mission and, yeah. and the manhunt, which occupies the vast majority of this plot. And I'm yeah. telling you... But no, but, but, yeah, that's maybe the saddest part, is that actually we just, in 20 seconds, sum, sum up three hours movie. That's yeah. the saddest part. Yeah. Yeah. But, because there's not that, enough there story. Nothing else. There is nothing else. There's not enough story for this film of, of such length and magnitude. It's not enough story. And uh, as I mentioned previously in the chat, like the fact that James Cameron is parceling out these this story so you know minutely with each installment, to me that that worries me because to me it sounds like he hasn't really planned much for the story element, and yet he's planning to make a ton of these sequels. Like build build on your story, sir. <laughs> like give us more so that these sequels aren't just spectacle each and every time. Because whilst I appreciate the spectacle, I do think there needs to be a balance between um the style and the substance and so far the substance is very much lacking so that's the impression that i got from watching way of water i think my assessment was pretty fair though and i think my assessment is pretty um low-key but let's turn to richard (laughs) yeah so so you were low-key now let's move to richard so we can actually Okay. Yeah, uh, well, we'll touch on some points, but yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to do Richard it. has been waiting 13 years for this round. Exactly. So yeah. Exactly. Yes. So have I, really. Okay, this so is I'm a, a try, review. I'm gonna try not to monopolize the conversation. I'm not gonna spend like half an hour talking about <laughs> myself because I'm gonna bore people to death. So I'm gonna try no, to. You know what? Let me. Let me. And you've got. You, and you've got YouTube Richard, video Let me actually well. build exactly. up. I have a YouTube the... video to do. Before you start, Richard, let me build up the momentous occasion that this is. So we're gonna start. We're gonna start up. Let's let's now turn to Richard, who has been waiting for this day for thirteen years. Um, he has a YouTube video about the first Avatar movie, which you can check out. And this is a huge deal, guys, because yeah, this man has so many thoughts on this franchise. Yeah. So you're in for a treat. Okay. Take okay. it away, Richard. Thank you. So first of all. Okay, so I'm going to start with three things that you mentioned, but I disagree already. So for me, it's not a franchise. I don't call this a franchise. It's one movie that people forgot. That's not a franchise. <clears throat> not highly anticipated. Who, who, who exactly, except for people at you, are really into movies in the last 12 months or whatever, looking for any kind of information coming from James Cameron crew uh, over the years? Nobody was expecting, waiting for this movie, in my opinion. Like, not in the, the casual viewers who were not looking for this movie. Uh, and also, the fact that actually it is the biggest box office of all time, yes, it's true, but that doesn't mean anything. Because it's just that actually that if you increase the price of the tickets for one specific movie, of course, you have a better chance actually to get a better box office result. But that's not that's another story. Uh, now, the movie itself. So yeah, so uh, as I said, I'll try to go to, to sum up. Uh, I, honestly, nobody's gonna believe that. Nobody's gonna believe that, but I I'm genuinely went to see the movie hoping I will be wrong. I, I literally went there with an open mind. What I meant is that I'm happy when I'm wrong I'm, because I'm, I don't like spending three hours of my life, my life actually not liking a movie, obviously. Uh, but seriously, after, I don't know, maybe half an hour, an hour, 
I was already actually thinking, my God, it's going to be a long... I, I, I remember actually what uh, James did yesterday where he was actually tweeting, literally. We were joking about tweeting or messaging during yeah. the movie because he, he was feeling actually how long it is. I understand why. Because at one point, I thought actually that we were out at the halfway point. No, no, we were only an hour into the movie. I said, there's only two hours, still two hours coming. I said, what exactly is going to happen now? And it was just like the first movie, and that's why I don't like the first movie as well. It's just additional scenes for no reasons whatsoever, except showing what he can do. What I mean is that there's like a thousand scenes underwater in that movie that are completely useless for the story. Completely useless. This is not a movie. It's just James Cameron, <laughs> James Cameron showing up showing off and trying to see, look, look what I did in the last 10 years. The, I, the words I, I, that I used in my review was languishing. I think that's perfectly yeah. described. Because, yeah. because <laughs> I understand, I, I respect, and I'm, again, and again, nothing against him personally. I like most of his movies and I respect the fact that, yes, what is done is groundbreaking, whatever. But don't put that in the movie theater. I always make that joke saying, Put it in Disneyland. Put it in in a theme park. Put it in movie theater because this is a, a theme park movie for me. It's just showing what the next generation of CGI, I was about to say, will look like or actually look like now. But I mean, every time they went underwater, that's in with movie. I was thinking, oh, again, <laughs> because there's nothing happening. There's no there's no story. It's just another child of Jake Sully going swimming with a whale or finding a new plant or a new flower was well great i mean exactly the same problems that i had 13 years ago so what's the progression what what, what more can you give me nothing apparently uh, so yeah that's why it was so long it's so boring and as and as i said before no story i mean the story i knew how it will end after literally five minutes again like avatar the first one because it's so predictable now, okay, so I'm gonna try to come down and say, there's at least one positive. I did like, so I, can we talk about spoilers, by the way? Yes, we can. Yeah, huh? yeah, Jason yeah, said we're, we're doing spoilers. spoilers. Okay, so I did like uh, the relationship, so I'm gonna try to explain what I mean. The relationship, only the relationship between the parents, so Jack Sully and uh, Nitiri, right? <clears throat> and, and the children. I thought actually that there are very nice scenes in this movie between the two of them and their children. It feels very, uh, strange word, human, but very realistic. Uh, almost emotional at the end of the movie. That's what I'm saying. It's very, very emotional. I, honestly, it worked very well for me at the end of the movie about, uh, again, the, the, the bond that they created, the four or five of them. So yeah, that's, that's actually that's the only positive I can mention. But honestly, this is the good part for me. Now, talking about bond, okay, so, uh, about relationship. I think James Cameron uh, wants to do science fiction, but he only, and which is surprising, nowadays he only focuses on fiction and forget about science, which is surprising because in the 80s and the 90s, I think he was much, he was interest, interested in trying to be the most accurate possible, let's say, in regards to science. Here, the, the way he does science fiction for me also is a problem. And he did that, he did that in Avatar, but even worse in this one. What I mean is that I couldn't stand, I could not stand 
the teenagers in this movie, the Navi teenagers, should I say. This is so stupid. Who wrote these characters? Because literally, I understand why the children of Jake Sully would behave kind of like human beings because they were uh, they, grown in a, in a family with a human being kind of as a father. But why, why in the mind of James Cameron, an alien species, so for example, the, the sea water civilization of Navis, no? the, the, the other clan, why all the children and teenagers of that clan have the same personalities as a teenager that you will find in a high school in America? I would like to understand. I, I'm sorry, maybe it's, I'm, pick, I'm in picking here, but I think it's so stupid. That's, so actually, that, that's actually a really good point, especially in the part where it's stereotypical. It's stereotypical characters that you can find in high school teen drama, but it's on another planet, on, on another in alien species. If you want to do a science fiction, be smart and do something very different. And actually, mm. the whole point of this thing to say, yeah, I created a new world and completely different, etc., with a new um, flat, um, nature, etc. Yeah, okay, but then do the same for the people living in there. But no, these people live there. This alien species is human. Be- they are human beings. They just mm. don't. They are human beings. That is so dumb. Uh, that 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 also that very much applies to the scene where uh, the Sully family first go to the um, sea people, and the kids are a bit, you know, they're jealous and they're acting up. They get into a fight. And then there's one incident where the second son, Sully's second son, ends up being brought out to like the, you know, the, the shadow land, shall we say, for a Lion King reference where he's yeah. not supposed to be. And yeah. he ends up getting abandoned there. And that's very, like Richard is saying, like very high school, very, you know, bullying, that sort of thing. That's true. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in some of the world, but come on. Yeah. All these scenes... Uh, most of the movie, by the way, and most of the second part of the movie is with them. For some reason, again, I, I, I mean, I know the reason, by the way. But, but Jake Sully and uh, Nitiri, especially Zoe, Sal- Zoe Saldana, for me, it's a shame because she's only in the third of this movie because they put aside uh, in favor of this new generation. I have, a, I have a bad feeling about this. I have a bad feeling that the whole point of this saga is actually to kind of actually to have this <laughs> new, is, new generation. You Star Wars reference, unironically. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. but, but the new generation will take over at one point and that Jake Sully and Zoe Sadana characters will be killed at one point. But again, because it's going to last for the next 20 years with Avatar 5, 6 or 10, whatever. I have a but, feeling but Sigourney, we- Sigourney Weaver is is actually we're allowed to do spoilers, so she's playing someone who's actually younger in this, isn't she? So I do, yeah. I do disagree with that because I think Sam Worthington will eventually be playing his own son in this or something. It's just nuts. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, because, it must have looked so weird on set. It must have looked so weird on set. No, no, it's true. It's true. It's possible. Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I just yeah. These parts, yeah, but they, they took such a major part. These problems between teenagers, but I yeah, that was and again, that was useless because overall, in the whole story, what was the point of these scenes? I mean, 
Is there a love story between two clans? Who cares? <laughs> about this, this daughter of the king or whatever and the, guy, the son of Jesse, who cares? I don't know, nobody. All these stereotypical characters. I mean, I'm pretty sure that James Cameron, when he wrote the scripts, it, it shows all the most stereotypical characters in the history of American cinema and he put them in this movie. I mean, the guy who was actually uh, hunting um, whales my God, this wow. character is, is a disaster. Wow, it's a wow, disaster. Wow. Talk about wars. Every time, every Damn. time he was opening his mouth, I wanted to punch him in the face because <laughs> it was just, every time he was just, he was trying to be, but honestly, that redneck stupid guy who actually is here yeah. just for the money. Ah, oh, that was like the, the kind of guy that you would see, you know, um, hunting in like a safari, like for rare animals, yeah, you know, and like holding up an elephant's tusk. A thousand and, times, yeah. a thousand times you've seen that before. And ah, oh, and, 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 and honestly, writing this movie, I mean, you say actually that is great at creating worlds, etc. No, I don't think James Cameron is great at creating worlds. For me, again, I think he's great at visualizing them. To, uh, to be yeah, uh, a guy like yeah. a guy like George Lucas or a woman like J.K. Rowling are people that you create new universe. This guy, for okay. my, again, I keep saying that this guy is just a guy who either copy from other pe other people's job in regards to writing, not about again CGI, whatever. I'm talking about writing. It, it usually takes ideas from other people, or even worse, in that case of Avatar 2, he takes ideas from himself because. That movie, most of the time, is like a control C, control V. You know, when you are a student and that you want to cheat, you do control C, you copy, and control V, you paste. He did Richard, the if I could just um, stop you, because I think there's a perfect example of this near the end of the film. But yes. I just want to continue. C, control V. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry. I just want to continue said, on with your said, point about the. Um, I knew I, I was renting. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, 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 that's okay. I just wanted to um, continue because you made a really good point about the, the characters. So I wanted to dive in more about the characters specifically and like what everyone thought of them. We can start off with Jake Sully himself um, because just like you said, like James Cameron seemed to solely work off of stereotypes for some reason. And Jake Sully just became this like, you know, aggressive military dad who doesn't show any affection towards his kids. And he, he's basically like trained them to be child soldiers. <laughs> he's yeah. trained them to be child yeah, soldiers. Exactly. And so they call him sir and they're afraid to look him in the eye. And it's just like, it's very bizarre because the first film was all wrapped up in this love story between him and Maturi. And all of a sudden he's, I mean, there's still love there in the family, but the way that he treats his sons is just like, it's very bizarre in comparison to the character that was set up in the first film. And I guess like the idea is he doesn't know what a, a proper family looks like. He doesn't know how to navigate that. And in the end, he's supposed to have this arc where he's like, I see you. Oh, that was <laughs> when he's like to his son, I see you now. And it's just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's not great. What, what did you think, James, of like Jake Sully as I as our as our heroic protagonist? I mean, I mean that's an interesting point actually because the first one, which I did see at the cinema in three D, and I, to be honest, I couldn't really remember much about. And then I rewatched on Disney Plus earlier in the year. Um, it is a love story essentially, um, regardless of how well it's done. Which incidentally is what Terminator. One is, which is also obviously a James Cameron film. Um, 
I mean, what, and and this this one isn't, in terms of what Richard said about plagiarising himself, this is kind of like, there's bits of this that I enjoyed that I kind of thought, but I'm kind of enjoying it because I love aliens, right? And it's kind of like there's bits where it's aliens meets Titanic meets the abyss meets Avatar. <laughs> And it's we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. We'll get to yeah, that later. Okay. So, yeah, we'll so do, you wanted to we'll, talk we'll about the characters. Yeah, yeah, um, about characters. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really liked Sigourney Weaver's character in it, but I think there's just too many characters mm. as well. I mean, we we often talk about like script, but I think sometimes we don't delve into what what a script. You know, there's a lot of things that make up a script. Um, the structure, characterization, dialogue. And here, I think the storyline, it's just like he's got no one to rein him in. And to be honest, when you've made the most successful film of all time, and this is your first one since 13 years ago, nobody's going to be able to tell you to rein it in. So, you know, Tarantino, Snyder, Michael Bay, they all have this thing of, I always think that there's probably a better movie in here if it was cut. And But it's sort of like, don't just worry about the story that you're telling what parts of the story don't you need to tell like focus on on that um the thing with aliens and terminator 2 which incidentally are both sequels and this is very uncameron that it, i mean the only mm. step up that it feels like compared to terminator 2 felt like a step up aliens felt like a step up this has this technically impressive element of of the water effect which it's strange because there's points where I don't think it's probably real water, but maybe it is. And uh, you're not too, too sure about that, but it doesn't feel like the massive step up that those, those sequels felt. There's a lot of story in it, but it doesn't feel like it's got any kind of structure or coherence. It's got just, it's spiraling off in all directions. And like you said, all of you, like when you boil it down, it's a very simple story at its core but keep it simple then. Don't have it going off in all different directions. And I mean, I I enjoyed it more as it went on, but I don't know if that's just because I was looking forward to sort of seeing my loved ones again and like l- seeing planet Earth again. Do you know what I mean? Like if you was in, you were looking forward if you to was in prison, <laughs> if you were doing a 10 stretch, if you were doing a 10 stretch, you'd enjoy your 10th year in prison much more than the first year because you know you're getting out soon, right? And I don't know if there was a bit of that and a bit of delirium because I went to see this at 10 o'clock at night as well. So it was like hot. It was quarter to two by the time it finished. That's funny because I went to see it at 10 a.m. So Because <laughs> <laughs> I like 12, 12 hours later on there. Um, <clears throat> I think when the action kicks in, the set pieces and stuff like that are good. But, you know, I mean, the characters, Zoe Zaldano is a, a brilliant um, point, actually, that she does dramatic crying very well, and she's not in this movie a lot, you know. She's and it's not, like, and, and her characterization. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about her since you mentioned her. She's just an angry woman, right? Yeah, th- there is that as well. I mean, when she's you said about like two, when you said about stereotypes, it's interesting that because the, there is certainly an element of stereotyping that I think comes in sometimes, and I think it's. It's done sometimes clumsily, like even Aliens, like there's some real like B-movie dialogue in that film, much as I love it, you know, but you kind of, you sort of gloss over it a bit. But I don't know how much of that is that, you know, you're in this 3D world, but the characterization is very 2D. And when you can't flesh your characters out, they all speak as well, like 
they all speak like how he thinks they should speak in a movie. There was yeah. all like little lines where I was like, that in fact there was a line where I thought that's from an old Cameron film, and it's not, it's a line from Alien where they go uh, from Robocop where they go, Your ass is mine. It's like it's a real sort of like lame 80s kind of dialogue thing. It's like when someone goes, Eat this mother, you know, with a gun. It's like, oh, you wrote that, did you? Because that's like the payoff in every it's like, oh, I wanted to think of a funny joke to say at that point, but I couldn't say of anything. So I just said, eat lead, mother, you know, and it's, he, he just sort of really struggles with that. I suppose that, he, yeah, he technically is very good, but maybe that's that thing as well that, you know, like Richard was saying about the next generation of CGI, maybe sometimes that's good because when someone what does want to do a film and they've actually got a better story, they'll be able to do it because he's laid <laughs> down the, the, the groundwork. But I would say as well, and I'm, I know I'm sort of jumping all over the place a little bit here, but like, so this came out in 2009 and it did feel impressive at the time, sort of the, the sort of element of it, or even though we'd had Lord of the Rings, <clears throat> you know, the scale, the technical aspect of building the world. And it was meant to show that 3D cinema was a big thing, but it died a death sort of in the mid 2010s. You didn't see films like this anymore. He's now doing this again, 13 years later. It's not suddenly going to kick off 3D. Like as as a, a thing, and actually, instantly, I did go to watch this in two D. But like, I don't know if he really believes in three D. And, and and I didn't realize as well what you said, Gene, about that this is Cameron's sort of like dream project from when he's a kid. So that yeah. maybe explains a bit more yeah. that it's it's his passion project. And there's an element that I kind of respect that he's just going, "This is my thing," and if you want to come, and a lot of people will. I do. I mean, I do disagree with Richard that I think for a certain generation. They are kind of excited by this. There's this thing about a 20-year cycle of nostalgia, and obviously we're yeah. only 13 years after, but I think now people are like, oh, yeah, I, I want to go back to this. I don't yeah. know how, though, unless he releases another one in another 13 years, which he won't, it's coming out next year or the year after, I don't know how many people are going back for Avatar 3 because I think they will be tired by the end of this. And I don't think you will then have that, oh, yeah, Avatar, I kind of remember that, that sort of curiosity that, that people mm. have of going back to it now and going, oh, do you remember that? Maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought and all, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, that you, you have several points there. Um, first yeah, of all, sorry. about the 20-year nostalgia cycle, that is shrinking every single day because yeah. of social media. I've seen Twilight as a franchise come back several times since it ended, and that was only... 10 years ago that it ended so that cycle is shrinking and it makes perfect sense that avatar has become big again even just after 13 years as opposed to the 20 or 30 year um typical period so that's like a really good point and you know like you said the fact that in a a few a couple of years time we're going to get another one supposedly maybe it won't have that same impact i don't know it depends on what the reception is because I've seen that people are really enjoying this film like it has a really high IMDb rating so people really love it it's like at 8.2 or something so at the and to be honest to be honest as well Richard like we're part of the problem if we go and support this they'll just make more <laughs> of them so it's like you know sometimes but I, I don't know if I will go again because I did sort of I was really I'm in an R in last night I was like I don't know if I want to I can sit for three and a quarter hours I don't know if I'm I can do it you know, um, but I thought, oh, but it's sort of an event. So you got, but it doesn't feel like an event like the first one did because it's the same thing. I don't know why, if if Cameron really believes in 3D that much, he hasn't spent the last 13 years trying to work out a different story that, that he can show off 3D in. 
because this is kind of more of the same. I think the, the impressive thing this time is, if anything, is the sort of like the water element. But that isn't really to do with 3D. That's to do but, with how, like, years ago you would have to do this and it would be very, very dangerous and stuff like that. But, but um, uh, James, for the 3D element, do you think that he's trying to make 3D big or do you think that's just what he wants for this specific film? Well, there was a thing that, that, that this was meant to have 3D without glasses. This was the big thing for years. He's worked out how to do 3D without the glasses. Well, he hasn't, has he? Because I can assure you, I saw it in 3D and I <clears throat> took off my glasses halfway through. I can assure you that's not <laughs> what has been accomplished yes. here. Well, you said that there's a, a weird thing with the frame rate. And I think as well, like, nobody really says this, but the character design isn't as impressive now as it was back then. I think when you get those human moments, and I do think Richard's on saying actually that the, the, the sort of human relationship or the grounded relationship between the parents and the children, I kind of wanted more of that. And, and the looks in the eyes, sometimes you go, oh, that looks very CG. And sometimes you go, oh, I can see the actor. Very and I found, myself think, I found myself thinking, I think this would work better if you had prosthetics on because you would get more of the the sort of real actor coming through. I know you do get a bit of it, but it actually made me think of Cats, which has come out in the meantime. The problem with Cats, or one of the many problems with that film, is they didn't really, un they never worked out what it was meant to look like. So was it meant to be cartoonish or realistic? And that's what you've got here, is that it feels like you're in this weird sort of halfway house of, it doesn't feel like the best of either worlds. Maybe Cameron thinks it's the best of both worlds, but... That is kind of kind of a problem, and yeah, it, yeah, I don't know. It's all made me think of Who Framed Roger Rabbit a little bit as well, because I mean, in that you've got cartoon, you've got cartoon and and real life, you know, and sometimes the merging of that. Like if it was all all sort of the Navi and stuff, you'd kind of maybe get into that more. But then when a real person turns up, it kind yeah. of jolts you out of it a little bit, and it just doesn't kind of work for me as well. But I don't know, like, maybe I'm not the target audience for it, you know, but... And yeah, I think so. I think it's fair to say that, like, there's definitely... Uh, a, there are definitely jarring moments where you have, like, real people who are able to convey, like, emotions more authentically than the CGI people. Um, but I thought, for one, that, like, I think he did very well with the eye expressions. Um, I think he did a really good job with that. Like you said, though, there are times where it, it feels very cg uh, and like a video game cutscene, um, and also as I mentioned in the chat, um, there are issues with like frame rates. Sometimes it slows down and mm. speeds up. And I thought maybe it was just the copy that our cinema got, but you know you're confirming the same thing. Um, so it can't be flawless. It can't be perfect, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I think going back to the characters, um, just like Richard said that he's drawing on some really broad stereotypes. Like I said, like Nicteria becomes a very angry woman. The young girls become these nymphs, which is very fascinating to me. They become these like sirens who are in touch with nature and ethereal and they're not three dimensional. They don't, they don't feel like they have a variety of emotions. Their emotions are just in touch with nature. <laughs> and the, the guys are just like, you know, child soldiers, you know, like they're, it's all very stereotypical. And Jake Sully himself just becomes the hard mili militant father um, who struggles to show emotion towards, especially his sons. And the young girl, the, the youngest child is just the young child. 
that's all she, that's all she is. Uh, you also have this feral child uh, spider who's just, I don't even know what the hell spider is, honestly. He he annoyed me to death. I hated I, I agree. Hated I agree. I don't, yeah, I don't understand that Akata either. So you see, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so annoying. And then Richard, he goes and saves his father, quote unquote father. No, no, he's, no, he's not his father, by the way. But yeah. I know, I know he's not his father, but he is his father, whatever. But I'm just like, so let's talk about Spider for a second. Spider is kidnapped at the beginning of the film. And he is a kid who was born in Pandora, but he wasn't able to return to Earth because he couldn't be in cryo as a baby. So he was born there and that's all he knows. And he becomes like a part of that community as much as he can as a human. And so he has dreads, um, which just bothers me. Everybody has dreads, by the way. Yeah, everyone has dreads. These white people (laughs) Anyway. Um, (laughs) As if like they don't know how to take care of their hair In these villages, whatever Anyways um, So he has dreads and he's, you know Wearing Tarzan, you know, attire And um, he gets kidnapped at the beginning um, By the colonel, who's his father But not his father uh, Because he's a Navi now And the colonel's using him as a translator initially And then of course they start to bond And he's like making fun of the colonel For not being able to speak Navi properly and not being able to do the ponytail thing with the, the dinosaur monsters. <laughs> so funny. It's all so funny until the colonel shows up at another village and burns the whole place down. Yeah. And now we're like, oh, I remember. <laughs> I remember. You are you are a villain. Oh yeah, yeah you are a villain. Yeah. <clears throat> I was just like, are we serious? Like, can we pick a tone? This isn't like, I don't know what film he thought he was making for a second there, but this is the bad guy. Like, the, the, I don't know why he tried to convince us that this kid was all of a sudden enamored by this colonel who is not really his father. It was just such a silly, silly take. And in the end, of course, it sets up the fact that Spider feels conflicted when he sees the colonel sinking to the ground, um, you know, close to, to death's door. And he decides to lift up not only this gra- this grown man not not just a grown man but a navi grown man this child lifts him up all the way swims i don't know how many nautical miles to <laughs> to um a land where he can you know resuscitate him and that, basically telling us that this conflict between jake and the colonel will go on until the end of time that's basically what they're trying to tell us with that and honestly, yeah. I was just annoyed. I was just pissed. I was like, listen, I'm not a fan of spiders anyway. I have arachnophobia. So the idea that this character <laughs> called Spider <laughs> would annoy me so much is honestly just, it's fitting. Um, but yeah, Richard, what are your thoughts on, yeah, that? Oh. Uh, on, on Spider? Yeah, just the story, you know, surrounding the characters. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I I think Spider and is another one that I mentioned before. It, it, the same sto- same problem is it tried to appeal to a new generation and uh, for future movies because I can bet my salary that in the next movie or the next one or the next one there will be some kind of impossible love between uh, the daughter of Sigourney Waver and that yes. Spider guy and. Yeah. Uh, because uh, because he will have to make a choice, like an impossible choice that we have seen a thousand times in movies between his father, who is not his father, by the way, who, 
kind of his father and his real loyalty to the Sully family. And you have also the impossible love between, again, the son who survived and this mermaid girl who apparently is only here because she's hot. And I, I don't know. I, I, hated <laughs> I, don't... It. I hated it. Yeah, but, but, but I said all the teenagers are written like by a five year old. I mean, that's so stupid. No, they're not written. They're not written by a five year old. They're written by a forty five year old. Yeah, that's the issue. Exactly. And and what um earlier James was talking about how um you know a lot of these archetypes are found in um James Cameron's earlier films from like the eighties, and that kind of led me to this conclusion that. It's fascinating how James Cameron is so futuristic when it comes to the technology, but when it comes to the scripts and when it, it comes to his characterizations, they're still very um, antique, shall we say. And yeah, also when it comes to his font choices, as I said in the chat, <laughs> with the papyrus. papyrus and, and the aerial font for his um, own credits. Uh, but yeah, that's just really fascinating to me to see that juxtaposition between technologically advanced visuals and just, you know, um, overdone, you know, really old fashioned characterizations for the, the characters at the center of the story. But now let's talk about the copy and paste thing that Richard yeah. was mentioning. Yeah. Go off. Go off. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that's yeah, I think that when you think about it, that's what I said in the group chat to, to you, Jan, that Jan, when you think about it, they are, this movie is three hours long, but technically <laughs> the, the war, let's say the war between the Navi and the humans is exactly at the same point 13 years ago and now, exactly the same point. Nothing happens because, because again, we, like we joked before, the whole movie is about, apparently it's a big deal to kill Jack Sully, but overall, is there anything that happened between the navies themselves and the humans? No. And, then, and the worst part is that the last scene, which is a bit emotional, as I said, about the fact that, actually, that they are reunited thanks to this goddess. Yeah. They can reunite that scene, etc. Then there is the zoom <laughs> on the face of Jake. And he says something like, uh, something like, this is our planet, and this is where we, wish we will make our stand. And I was thinking, but that's what you did already 13 years ago in the, in the first movie. Yeah. Your biggest <laughs> I, could, I couldn't have done it without you all over again, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, like, yeah, exactly. Thank it, you. It's, it's like, copied it's and pasted. Like Dumbledore. Yeah, completely. It's like Dumbledore. It's like a stupid quote. And, it's, and, you, and you, when you think about it, you say, yeah, we're making no sense. And also, uh, um, <laughs> joke aside, another joke. I did the movie as well. Jake makes the right decision, in my opinion. He comes to talk to the to the king of the the sea clan or whatever, and he says that he and his family will leave uh, because uh, or be, oh, because yeah. they brought they brought they brought uh, the the war to them. Which I was thinking, okay, knowingly, knowingly, and the king says, no, no, you are one of us now. <laughs> Hey, and I'm thinking, what a chipping character. You, that, that guy in front of you is the plague. Everywhere he goes, yeah. there is war. <laughs> you know the plague, and then he, you want them to stay? Years ago, he went to the forest. The forest ended up burned. Burned, burned, and the tree, everything was destroyed in that forest. <laughs> Two hours later, 
there's a war in the sea. Don't keep that guy around you. And no, I mean, it's clear. The bad guys are after him. And after he came to you, you reluctantly let him stay. You exactly. were right that it was a bad idea to let him exactly. stay. Was, and then you go like, you're one of your worst. Yeah, that was, oh my God, that's so true. Because they had an out. He literally was like, I will go. Like, I realized the problem, I will go. He made twice, because he could be a copy paste, twice the same mistake. He went to a, to, to a tribe, he gets inside the tribe, get to know the tribe, get to learn the tribe. Again, the same story as the first oh, movie. Yeah. And then war happened. Twice the same story happened. So even the character himself realized that actually that things kind of are repetitive. So maybe it's the time to actually to go on, like Luke Skywalker on the Rainbow Islands and never get involved with anyone else. But no, no, no. <laughs> so true. And he kept I, saying, I like, have... he kept saying, I want a, my, a father's role. It was very, like, you know, patriotic in that way. Um, uh, or paternalistic, sorry. A, a father's role is to protect their family. That, that's a father's role. That's what I had to do as a father. The best thing that he could have done <laughs> for his family is abandon them. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. I'm no good Leave for you, yeah. True. Yourself. Yeah. So they ran far away from there. They didn't all have to move. He just needed to turn himself as in. well, when his son dies, like, I mean... Zoe Saldana's sat. He's just like, let me like look at his watch or something. Like it, like <laughs> no reaction. That's nothing to do with the CG. That's bad script. Yeah, that's a bad script. Hasn't been given, given enough to work with there. You know, that was so true. Like I, as I was watching it, I was like, are you serious? Like she is in tears. She's collapsing. You know, as a mother would. And then he's just like, yeah, that's unfortunate. Boys in war. Yeah, exactly. It's very much like, oh, this is what happens at war. <laughs> You know, this just—he's a casualty. Like, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe what? it's maybe it is a comment on toxic masculinity, and I completely misread oh, no. it. So, yeah, it's not set up yeah, okay. in okay, such a clever yeah. way, no, James. Um, no. Can I can I say there is one thing we're talking about? Cameron copying himself, and there is yes, a way here where discuss. he doesn't. There is a oh, way okay. here where he doesn't, but it's not good, right? Oh. And the thing with Aliens and Terminator Two, Aliens is obviously a sequel to Alien, which Ridley Scott did. Um, for, for the youngsters, Eugene. Um, so he's always had this like reputation as he knows how to do a sequel. And the thing that's genius about those films, Aliens and Terminator 2, and I prefer the originals, so I would sort of gravitate towards them, but they work as standalones. So you can watch Aliens and you can watch Terminator 2. Everything you need to know is in the first few scenes and then it carries on. And you've kind of got characters with sort of PTSD to an extent. This isn't a standalone. I think if you went into this without seeing the previous one, you oh, would yeah. not have a clue what was going on. And I think that is that isn't great. And I think the other thing when you look at Alien and Terminator One is that although Cameron did very well and he did the right scripts, there are also stories that sort of end in a place where there's a lot of questions unanswered. And what he did was take the ball, pick up those unanswered questions, and come up with something, and then bring both of those films arguably to a conclusion that they then struggled in the third ones this just sort of feels like a tag on it doesn't feel like a standalone thing and i think that's the best when i've gone back and watched mcu films out of order the ones that work really well often have that kind of thing at the start where they tell you where they are in the timeline and then you can just watch it as a standalone thing this doesn't have that and i think that's a real sort of 
I, I don't know what that says, but it just doesn't feel as good as a written experience to me. But then nothing. But, particularly but the good thing to answer it. to answer what you just said, James, is true. But the good thing, but let's say that you go with someone who's seen the first movie, you haven't seen it. You go, you leave, you leave the movie theater, and you ask your friend. You say, "So I haven't seen the first movie. What was it? That, what what movie was it about? And, you, and, you, and the answer is exactly, exactly the same. The same. But in the, but in the forest. <laughs> but in the forest. Yeah. Well, this <laughs> makes me wonder what the, what is the next one? Is it going to be set in in the sand or? That's what I was thinking. Elements. It's going to be the way thinking. of wind. The way of yeah. wind. I reckon the whole thing. I everyone's going to be really windy. Is Avatar less, last M Bender all, all all again? That that's what I was I thinking quite... as well. I was like, what what element is he gonna choose? What ecosystem is he gonna choose for the next one? Yeah. But Dune, but Dune already has like a, a monopoly on sand, so he's gonna have to go somewhere else. <laughs> Maybe like a safari. Fire, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, Yeah, that's true. I and he can like, like to see. create a way to make magma. That can be his new thing of like magma that spits in your face yeah. <laughs> you feel the heat <laughs> okay but let's let's go back to talking about the times where Cameron has copied himself yeah. this is the part where I really just wanted to get into that final act in particular which reminds us of, us of a, a certain film that yeah that's what James has, James has a good point about this to be honest yes, I, I didn't realize that James let's let's discuss because that's something that definitely came to mind which bit? Sorry, the the ending of the the end bit. The, the, yeah, scenes, the, the scenes that kind of are reminding you of other James Cameron movies. Of other James Cameron films. I mean, the settings the settings look very a- aliens. Um, it, it, it probably didn't help actually. My negative feeling towards this film, having watched The Abyss, which was on film four a couple of nights before, because sort of reminded myself how brilliant that film is. But the scenes look like they've been copied and pasted from that. So in it's not just in the writing. You know, a lot of the um, like like the main antagonist, he feels like he's a sort of villain, for, like a bad marine from Aliens. You know, yeah. um, and you uh, so it's a lot of the characterization as well as the physical sort of location you're in. Like, there's a bit where the where he he kind of wakes up, and then he's like fighting people. And I was like, that literally looks like the scene where the looking at the face huggers in aliens it literally looks like the same sort of set the doors look the same and everything oh yeah you know so but that's obviously his his kind of thing i mean i wouldn't mind seeing an aliens versus avatar crossover <laughs> next because i'd like to see them just take out all the navi because we're annoyed with them now and and the marines you know just like let them loose yeah, yeah. but but then we also have the uh the almost um self congratulatory homage to Titanic, Titanic at the well, end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. with a boat, a boat that sinks again. <laughs> and again, and again. <laughs> it kept sinking, it kept sinking. And we have the scene where- By the way, I don't understand, I don't understand that scene again. I mean, there are so many things that I don't understand. We said that it's not simple, but still, for the rest of the movie, when they are learning how to, I guess domesticate again. We can use that word. I don't like this word because anyway, domesticate the animals underwater. Yeah. They are learning how to breathe and talk underwater longer, right? Yes. Okay. So what's the problem when at the end of the movie when 
uh, Nitiri and her child are stuck <clears throat> and the, the boat is sinking, why don't just hold their breath and get the hell out of there? Because in that moment, Natiri became Rose from Titanic. She wasn't Natiri. <laughs> okay, 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 she wasn't Natiri. She <laughs> became Rose. Yeah, exactly. And, and <laughs> Jake became Jack. Yeah, I know. What's going on? <laughs> I mean, seriously, um, it's, it's funny, but actually, for a movie that has spent 90 minutes of its time talking about talking and breathing underwater, but actually, they are apparently facing imminent death by drawing, drowning. How's that possible? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think, listen, okay, if we're going to be constructive, I think the way to go about to, to go about this is if you had shown the parents struggling to um, learn these lessons and the yeah. kids thriving, because clearly the, the daughter, the adoptive daughter, she understands these lessons. She has a connection to the water inexplicably. So she could, we could have had a scene amongst the many scenes that we do have. We could have had one productive scene of the parents and the children in the sunny family trying to become accustomed to the sea ways and you see that the parents are struggling more than the kids the only thing that we do get of that nature is jake not being able to again as you said richard domesticate one of the animals because he gets a bit too big-headed and then it's shown that he manages to ride the animal no problem anyways afterwards but the important scene that we needed was actually a scene where you know you have this generational divide of the kids being able to you know, master the ways of the water but and the parents well. struggling yeah. because they're more used to their forest environment. Yeah, that yeah. should have been the kind of, you know, generational commentary or the commentary around the family that we got. But instead, like you said, there were so many scenes wasted on languishing on the beauty of the scenes and blah, 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 that we didn't get that substance. So in the end, they're struggling to breathe. So did you not learn how to do this? Many, many scenes ago. Like, exactly. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that they all learned about this already. So I don't get it. <laughs> and I, I can imagine you, Richard, like watching this for some bizarre reason. You just find yourself watching this in your own time when it's on a streaming. And you just like rewind back two hours. I would have done it, yeah. Probably, I'm pretty probably. sure this was covered before. And like, you know how like when you rewind and the, the streaming like cursor has to go back a ton. Like God, that, this is such a long, this is such a yeah, long yeah. film. Um, exactly. yeah. So that that was a really big issue. Um, but yeah, the, the film um unexpectedly becomes a, a spiritual Titanic sequel, which I just found so funny, so so funny. Um, but you know, James Cameron can do whatever he wants because he's James Cameron. So, <laughs> um, does anyone else have any thoughts? Alfonso, have you seen um, Avatar yet? He loved it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I feel seen. I feel seen. I also the the earth speaks to me. I can hear her breathe and her pulse, and I get insist these trances when somebody has to talk to me, and because I'm I'm I listen to the to the earth and her head her heartbeat. We are very connected. So this is the first the first thing what I've seen, what I've experienced. Okay, ah. so, so this is like a very close story to you, like personally. <laughs> yeah, to me and to my best friend, Yeah, yeah. We are yeah. we are both very well seen in this film. Haven't, I haven't see seen you. an experience on I the screen you. before. She sees me, I see you, I see you all too. Yeah. yeah. I've been Which connected to all, I love you. 
Which is funny uh, for the listeners because uh, we can't see our thumbs at the moment. <laughs> but I see um, you. <laughs> but I see- <laughs> Yeah. Uh, does Does anyone else have any final thoughts? Oh, what what comes to mind as well is let's talk about the sea of uh, the sorry the um way of water. That title. How do we feel about that title? It's an awful title. It's the worst title <laughs> ever. But I don't know what else you could possibly call this. It, it's just rubbish, isn't it? It's the worst title. I mean, it's the title itself way of water. is an issue. It, like, they didn't even, I mean, this wouldn't be a better film, but they didn't even sort of expand on what that way of the water you. was. Because I thought we would have, Thank like, you. we would have, like, some lecture about, all oh, the way of the water, like, it's like the force or something, some, some of that rubbish. And they didn't, they didn't even do that. It's just like, oh, it's just the water. It's yeah. Just water. That, that yeah. was my problem. That's what I was going to say, is that there was no active attempt to explain what the way of water was. It's something about breathing, something about connecting with whales. Yeah. What, what is the way of water? Can Which I bring is... the tone down? Can I bring okay, the tone ahead. down? I almost I almost messaged everybody and I, I deleted this last night, but I'll just say it now because all friends. So when someone said earlier, don't you know go to the, the loo at the start, I didn't. And I went in the middle, but I was kind of grateful for going in the middle just to break it up. And as I stood there having a wee, I thought, that's the way of water. <laughs> 3D. And I, I, I wrote that out and I was like, that's too much, isn't it? I can't I can't put that into the WhatsApp group. I'll say it to everybody and then put it on the podcast. <laughs> You'll say it on the podcast. Oh my God, James. That's savage. That's so funny. I overshare yeah. sometimes. It, it, it's just like, yeah, it was just bizarre. Richard, what do you think of the way of water? Have no, you no, learned? I was about to say that. Like, the way of water is the way of the forest of the first movie is just a girl, a navy girl in that case, <laughs> very young one who tells us that apparently in the way of the, the way in the sea clan the, they are connected with everything that is water related the, the nature underwater the whales etc which is exactly the scenes that you've seen with Nitiri in the first movie talking to Sully about the fact that actually she can connect with the tree or the flower or whatever. But again, That's the way of water. <laughs> you you should put the movies next to each other and you can see the scenes and say, wow, that's very original. What, you know, you know what you should be doing, Richard. You should be <laughs> writing your script for that very video. You need to be ready for when this film comes out on streaming so that you can have the scenes matched up. So yeah, next to each other. Yeah, honestly, yeah, that's actually a good idea. There are so many of them. Honestly, good idea. Yeah, there are so many of them. To be honest, I just listened to an audio audio commentary, like Richard's audio commentary. In fact, you know what? That would be a winner on downloads, Jason. (laughs) Like Richard's Richard's avatar. Like I'd listen. I'd listen. Absolutely. For for the whole film, yeah. And they go. I'm not, I'm not done yet. I mean, there are also uh, <laughs> there's also the, the general stuff. The general, the woman, is literally a copy paste of that guy the, in the first movie, the guy who is now an Avi, because she has the same way of talking. And by the way, apparently in these movies, every single military leader, when he talks or she talks, needs to have a cup of coffee and drinking <laughs> every time. Every time in the same in the first movie when when Carrie is talking to everyone giving orders to say okay you want me to shoot this tree etc 
is always drinking coffee and so and also stupid one-liners like uh, next round is on me or whatever she does the same he does the same she says the same quote but he said in the first movie she's saying uh, we're not in kansas anymore god damn it stop talking that's awful awful Richard, what you don't understand is that it's actually part of the recruitment process. You need to yeah, show that exactly. you can drink a cup of coffee <laughs> and say a catchy 80s one-liner. So actually, yeah, that's exactly. not their fault. That's just part of the, the job requirement. <laughs> that's maybe something that's sort of come in from, like, like Alien, which obviously wasn't his film anyway, but, like, that thing of... They always said it was, like, truckers in space, and it's kind of, like, showing them as workers, and it was meant to be sort of grittier and stuff but it feels a little bit cliche now doesn't it it's just it yeah. does not work i'm telling you the guy what james cameron that is just being so futuristic and so advanced with his technology but the scripts and the characters just feeling like they're from you know a different time it's wild um yeah that that's kind of crazy Oh, yeah, and also the, the funny thing about the coffee that i was just thinking of is the fact that she has like that like mech suit on so she's not even holding the... Well, is she holding the cup of coffee? But, like, the mech suit also mimics her actions. So as <laughs> she, like, holds up her hands, <laughs> you just see the machine doing the same thing. It's just... Yeah, it's it's very bizarre. Um, but, yeah, um, overall, final thoughts on Avatar. I would still say it's very impressive visually. You know, I yeah. think it is a really unique cinema-going experience. I think if you're even interested in seeing Avatar, the way to go is with the most, you know, the biggest screen that you have access to and perhaps even 3D if you can stand 3D. I personally can't stand 3D, but I still saw it in 3D. Um, And I I thought it was a really memorable cinema-going experience. Am I eager to see this again? No, I probably never will. (laughs) Because it's too long. At the end of the day, it's too long. Um, and it, it takes a lot of time languishing, as I keep saying, on these you know beautiful scenes, this remarkable technology that James Cameron's obviously very proud of. Um, but it's weird because the story itself, the substance of the film, is just lacking. And in that uh, you know uh, screen time, um, that runtime, sorry we could have accomplished so much more with the story. There is no excuse to have a three and a a bit um, hour long film and just have such a thin plot with these underdeveloped and stereotypical characters and, you know, for the the film itself to feel like filler, you know, um, ahead of an upcoming sequel. There's no excuse for that. You know, you could have done that in 90 minutes. We didn't need to sit through three. And what makes it worse is the fact that James Cameron ahead of this was giving all these interviews saying, you know, people shouldn't have an issue with um, a three hour film because they sit down and binge watch entire TV shows, which are basically 10 hour movies. So they should be fine with my movie. And it's like, no, James Cameron, because in the space of 10 hours for these TV shows, a a well done TV show, you have the introduction of characters, characters that are very well developed, entire worlds that are very well developed. You have compelling storylines, compelling villains, new ideas being introduced, and that all comes into conclusion at the end of the the series. And you have a hint as to what's to come for the um, following season. That's what's accomplished in those 10 hours. But in these three hours, as Richard and James have pointed out, it's just a reiteration of what we got in the first film, which was also three hours. 
So James Cameron. The thing, <laughs> the, the thing no. is, as well, I don't get why I don't get why people say it because I I just want to say, well, go and make a TV show then, if that's what you're interested yeah. in doing, like this yeah, multi-million true. dollar TV show. You have chapter points, almost like the beginning and ending of each episode. So there's a structure almost imposed on it. But they are different different forms. I kind of think yes. if your if your film's coming in at three hours, it felt like watching the assembly cut of something. So you don't like often when they do this that it, it will come in at that sort of length, and then you cut it down. Yes. Um, to go back to Aliens and Terminator Two as well. So the theatrical cuts of those are two hours and ten minutes, and there's longer cuts which are have like about almost half an hour extra footage. Um, and in both of those instances, I think maybe with Aliens, there's some really good character stuff with Sigourney Weaver um, and the young actress Carrie Hen in that. But it, the better for not having that material in. When I go back to those films, I always watch the shorter ones because they feel like a roller coaster ride, not in a, not in a negative sort of theme park way, but they seem so fast paced that you go, wow, that was amazing. I want to go again. There, there's something, you know, in showbiz, there's that sort of phrase like leave and wanting more. Don't the phrase isn't leave them desperate to get out of the cinema because you've been yes. in there for three and a half hours. Do you know what I mean? So Absolutely. when this ends, you just want to leave. And you leave. think if this was two hours, you'd be like, oh my God, yeah, I can't wait for Avatar 3, maybe a bit more. But but to expect that people are going to stay there and feel that level of excitement for a blockbuster, it depends. And it's to do with pacing as well because Endgame is three hours and it doesn't feel like that. There's other yes. films that I've sat through that haven't felt as long as that but this does fit i mean what richard said about looking at his watch and going oh my god we're not even where i thought it was that's what i was feeling particularly in that first hour i felt like oh we nearly there yet and like going oh my god i'm not even at the the one hour mark you know that's that's something i haven't had since transformers 3 i remember we were watching that and that we got to the we were watching that me and a mate and we got to the end or we thought we were at the end there's a big thing where a building explodes and we looked at the counter and we we're like, oh God, there's half an hour to go. And we both looked at us, each other like, oh my, really? Like, <laughs> I can't believe. Like, and, and and it just shows that like there's a pacing that that you kind of expect in a movie. And if you that's wrong, then it just doesn't doesn't work. I've got I've got some po- I've got two positive things to say, and what one of which isn't really to do with him, actually. And then I've got something which I think sums it all up, really. So I will say one. The song by the weekend at the end is banging. I was not expecting that. I had not heard it. I thought I was going to run out of cinema and I was like, oh, this is a cool tune at the end of the so that was kind of good. But James Cameron didn't write that. So that's on the weekend. Um I will say as well, I think you're right about the spectacle. The the bit at the start with the, the Sky People invasion, although I don't think this is anywhere near as good or groundbreaking as the original. When they had the Sky People invasion at the start, I thought there's a level of spectacle here the sort of event cinema you used to think of event cinema and i do think much as i love superhero films they kind of lost that with their just saturated the sort of saturation of them and the tvization of them um which isn't a word but i've just made it up that that used to be that thing of it feels like a blockbuster and this did feel like a blockbuster so i sort of liked that if i didn't didn't like the script but there is a scene in this film right where the character of spider is interrogated and tortured with flashing bright images that go round and round his head. That's how I felt. And you, and you also got a nosebleed <laughs> as a result. Oh, the irony! Yeah, 
I did get a nosebleed earlier, and I just watched the boys, and I was paranoid my head was going to explode. But, yeah. ah, stop. <laughs> and on that note, everyone, in the spirit of leaving them wanting more, we're going to end off our thoughts on Avatar: The Way of Water. But uh, tune in next time. We'll explore many other more movies and TV shows. Until then, goodbye, everyone, and thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this film and TV review.com episode. Catch the latest film and TV reviews, together with regular episode content from the world of film and TV every week. See you soon. Would you like to reach our film and TV review podcast audience? Do you have a product or service of interest to film and TV home consumers or followers of the entertainment industry? Have a film or show production to publicize? For affordable price plans for all budgets, get in touch and find out about our introductory advertising options. Reach our audience of film and TV viewers and visit our site contact page at filmandtvreview.com, or you can email us at business at filmandtvreview.com. Reach out today.